What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sunny and PHX podcast. Or Chuck usually introduces it as the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. I realized that the other day. Uh, Chuck's not with us today, so I'm filling in for his usual spot. I'm Mitch Krumpetich, and I'm joined by David McGraw. How's it going? You know, it's going pretty good. And I caught myself saying that I do the Sunny in PHX instead of Sunny in Phoenix when I was doing the little intro and outros for the YouTube. So I see, I do the same thing, Mitch. Yeah, it's it's so easy to do that. But uh, speaking of alternative spellings, I want to bring up a- an interesting idea that I got from a great podcast, the No Joke Podcast. I highly recommend listening to that. So small plug there. But I got this idea from them. And I, first off, would like to thank everyone who has already gone on iTunes, subscribed, rated five stars, and left a comment. We really appreciate that. But I want to do a little experiment here. So if you have not done that already, I, I want to see if we can get this going. I wanna, I, I'll explain how to do that because this is kind of a weird process. What you do is you go to the podcasts app if you have an iPhone. This is the way to do it. Go to the podcasts app. If you don't have that, you can download it in the app store, but you should have it. Once you're in the podcasts app, at the very bottom, there's five options. The one to the furthest right says search. So you go to that, you top the, press the top little bar that says search, and you type in sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, in P-H-X. And it comes up, there's only one option, you click that option. Then on the bottom, you'll see a section that says podcasts. We are the one on the farthest left with a basketball that looks like a microphone with a yellow sunburst type thing behind it. That is the one to click on. You click that. Then right under the uh, Sunny in PHX, the Sun's podcast, deepest, deepish thoughts, you will see a button that says subscribe. Press that. Then there's three options, details, reviews, and related. Click reviews. Then there's an option that says write a review. It'll ask you to make a little name. You can make your name whatever you want. Tap five stars. And then what I want is everyone to type boy, B-O-I, as the description. We have been obsessed with that word lately, if you haven't noticed on the show. Off the show, we say it like nonstop. So I want to see how many people we can get to uh, put a boy in there. So say B-O-I and then press send and you'll be set. So... Thank you in advance to anyone who wants to do that, and I think this will be really funny. And if you were wondering, this is not a joke, and yes, we think this is funny. Yes, I think this is (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Make sure to get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter is at SunnyInPHXPod. Our email is SunnyInPHXPod at gmail.com. And check us out over at our new host, the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network, over at DeepishThoughts.com. Thanks for listening to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. If you'd like to further support the show, you can head over to tpublic.com slash user slash Sunny in PHX. That's T-E-E public.com slash user slash Sunny in PHX. We've got t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, all kinds of stuff. You can get our famous cheese is warming up design or just one that says Sunny and PHX. Again, tpublic.com slash user slash Sunny and PHX. And go Suns. All right, so let's finish up 
our series that we've been doing on what we want each uh, section of players to be working on. We've already talked about the guards and the forwards. Today we're going to be talking about the especially big men, the centers. Uh, I want to start out with Alex Len because he has an interesting situation. Restricted free agent, but uh, no one has offered him anything, so we haven't even had the opportunity to match. Uh, what What are you hoping that he is working on this offseason, David? I really hope he's working on his sitting at the bench game. <laughs> and in all seriousness, um, getting some sort of consistency, I mean... He will go like five to ten games doing absolutely nothing and then randomly have a good game and look like he might be competent. So, man, just I, I don't have high hopes for him. I, I think that's obvious if you've listened to other episodes of Sunny and PHX. But, you know, hopefully he's working on stuff and that's, I guess, all we can hope for. Yeah, I mean... If you follow him on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, y- you see a video or a picture every once in a while. And I remember seeing one where he looks pretty ripped. It looks like he's gained a little strength. So that's cool, I guess. That's something he's working on. Um, I mentioned this about another player, uh, I think in our guards episode. I forget exactly who I said this about. But mentality... I hope Alex Len is working on that. He needs a, an aggressive mentality, I think. And I want him to have a chip on his shoulder. I want him to be proving people wrong. This offseason should give him that after he's been a restricted free agent and had zero offers and the Suns still haven't signed him in late August. I, if I were him, I'd have a huge chip on my shoulder. So I hope he is developing that and I hope that helps his game if he's on our team. And then, I mean, you've got all the obvious stuff. Hands, uh, basketball IQ, shooting, defense, all of that. But that kind of goes without saying for Len. <laughs> basketball. Um, y- yeah, I-, I think he really wishes he was a restricted free agent last summer when yeah. people were just paying way too much money for not good centers. Right. And I- Mozgov. I'm- Exactly. Mozgov, the big one. I mean, there are more than just that. But Biombo. <laughs> I even almost want to say Dwight. And I mean, like, Dwight played Dwight, good, yeah. but Dwight Howard is not prime magic Dwight Howard and probably didn't need as much money as he was given. Hence right, why right. Atlanta kind of just shipped him off for peanuts. But yeah. a, a lot of centers got overpaid last summer, and now everyone is worried to give out those kind of contracts. So. You know, Len's got to be pretty disappointed that he didn't have last summer as an RFA. And yeah. let's, I mean, like, we give Len a, a lot of garbage. But he, like, numbers-wise, he is a pretty, like, average, above-average defensive big man. Yeah, we, yeah, that's true. Uh, we give him we give him a lot of, of smack talk, and that's because we have to watch him for 82 games. But he is... <laughs> pretty decent from a numbers perspective if he could just be a little more consistent with those numbers i would probably be happy and uh that that's why i'm saying i mean like i hope that work ethic is there he's not he's not a small dude um he's had some pretty decent weight on him but i don't know he's just kind of bumbly and fumbly so let's hope that he's just working yeah and it seems like that is the case uh so 
let's say another month passes and Alex Len still doesn't have a contract. At what point do you think we just give him the minimum? Uh, well, there's not that. So what has to happen is that he either will sign the qualifying offer oh, or right, right, right. he has to be signed to at least a, I want to say a three-year contract if he doesn't just oh, sign okay. the qualifying offer. So I'm assuming that if it gets any closer that he's just going to end up signing the qualifying offer. That's right. Okay. See, I'll I'll admit right here, I am not an expert on all this contract stuff. <laughs> it's all super confusing and doesn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense. You learn you learn something new every day, and I am very open to that. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, let's move on here to uh, someone who actually did get a contract, and that is Alan Big Sauce Williams. What what are you thinking about Big Sauce right about now? Oh man, I hope he stays on that Big Sauce diet. But <laughs> that's right. <laughs> in, in all reality dude has worked his butt off to get into the nba and get minutes and all those things so i'm not worried about his work ethic or trying to keep grinding to get better i hope that if he does anything he continues to work on any sort of semblance of an offensive game he is an energy big man an undersized energy big man but he can rebound and kind of we mentioned it about Alec Peters, how if we're hoping that he just works on rebounding so he can get that niche in the team, that's kind of what Big Sauce did. And if, if he can maybe have a move that he goes to, like as a bailout move that he can kind of get in and, you know, maybe it's just kind of that little turnaround jump hook or something. But if he can yeah. have a kind of bailout move, I think that will help him a ton in getting even more minutes off the bench this season. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, I have been critical of Big Sauce on the show. I've said multiple times that Big Sauce is not an NBA player and he should not be in the NBA. But he continues to prove me wrong, and I love that. Like, this guy, he got a 75 rating in 2K. Like, good for him, you know. He's the kind of guy that you want to root for, for sure. And I, I really like Big Sauce, and I love that he's proved me wrong up to this point. I I do want to see him work on that offense a little bit, and he was developing that little hook shot toward the end of last season. But it's so hard to put that in per, into perspective because our games were so meaningless at that point. So I would like to... I would like to see him work on taking on an attitude of everything that I do has meaning to it. And I think he's already doing that, but I think it's something that a guy like him really needs to think about because he has, he hasn't ever played in a meaningful game really in the NBA yet. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think he definitely has that. Um, what was it that, game a year and a half ago against the kings where he got like a double double and then we were mm -hmm. joking about his per 36 or whatever right um I, I think he definitely has that mentality that he wants to go out there and work and try and help the team as much as possible and i think that's a big part of why he is kind of this I'll, i'm gonna say relentless even if that's kind of silly but relentless rebounder 
And I know I know you've been a little harsh on Big Sauce and saying that maybe he shouldn't be an NBA player. And you know, if it was before down the stretch, I would have thought, okay, you know, he's a D League player, he's an end of the bench guy. But down the stretch last year, he was at times our like one healthy big man because Alex yeah. Len was hurt and Chandler was sitting. Right. So, I mean, it was him and Chris playing center. And yeah. I, I think you got to give him some credit for that. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, that energy, it sounds so cliche, but seriously, he brings so much energy to this team. And it's, it is really helpful. It can't be overlooked. Yeah, definitely that, and not only to the team, but I think when there are home fans, even though uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, I think he gets the home crowd into it as well. There's something about that hometown kid kind of thing that everyone just loves. Definitely. Well, and then this is another thing. I'm not necessarily going to say that Big Sauce is a household name, but I'm starting to notice that there are people outside of just sons fandom that know who alan williams or big sauce at least is nowadays because his videos of him just pumping the team up and going crazy you know it's that rob sacre effect he's not quite to that point yet but people knew who rob sacre was because of his antics on the bench because sources like the nba official facebook or twitter or whatever are posting these videos so I think he's kind of the next sensation like that. He just plays a bit better. <laughs> that's that's fair. And uh, I will say that I think he's already a step above Bobby Sacre. Cause he is. There, he is. There is. Just because like in name recognition. Because you will see someone telling someone in comments. And half the time it's not even a Suns fan telling someone who's like, Oh, who is this guy? And it's like... This dude can rebound, and right, you could not say that about Bobby Sacre. No, he, that was not his forte. Actually, you know, I want to bring something up. So anyone who listens to this show consistently knows that I went to Gonzaga. Gonzaga fans dropped the ball when Sacre was a senior. He was, like, getting all these really great blocks in his senior year especially, but throughout his career, his college career, he was – really great on defense and had a lot of blocks and i really think the fans should have capitalized on the the term you just got robbed after he had a block and no one ever did that and i got to gonzaga the year after he graduated and i'm like why did no one say this and my friends who were older were like oh man we missed out on a great catchphrase for him so just gonna throw that in there i'm just gonna ignore that and who's next tyson chandler Oh my gosh, you know that's funny. (laughs) Okay, anyway, Tyson Chandler is next, so what are you hoping he's working on? Preservation. Yeah. He continues to get older. We've got him for two more years, one more after this season, I believe. And uh, I hope that he can continue to be a mentor and continue to just prolong his career in Phoenix. Uh, I have a big soft spot for Tyson kind of partly because I've said it before the 2012 Olympic team, but uh, I, I hope that he just continues to be our elder statesman in the locker room. And uh, I hope that he's just working on staying healthy and 
trying to prolong his career as much as possible this offseason. Yeah. So here's what I want for Tyson. You do you. At this point, Tyson can do whatever he wants. He knows exactly what to do. And he had a great season last year um, while he was playing and active. You know, he we've talked about his rebounding numbers from last season, how they were really good and the best he's had in a few years. In my mind, Tyson Chandler can do literally whatever he wants on this team, and I'll be fine with that. So that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's not the defensive powerhouse he once was, uh, whether that be for that little uh, Maverick run or his defensive player of the year in New York. Um, but that's fair. He's getting older. He's getting a little slower. But Duke can still rebound. No, those instincts don't really go away. And he continues yeah. to have them and keep working. And he's still huge. No matter how old he is, he's still yeah. huge. So just you do you, Tyson Chandler. So now we're going to move on to uh, the Suns 2017-18 schedule. That was released last week. And we've got some uh, pretty interesting things to talk about here. We open the season uh, at home against Portland, which... Uh, we were talking right before the show saying how it seems like we play Portland very early on most seasons for the past few years, at least. Um, and we used to play the Mavericks first and then Portland, but now we're just getting straight to the point and playing Portland. But start the season at home on October 18th. That's a Wednesday. I will probably be there, and I'm really pumped. But, uh, David, what are you thinking about this schedule? Yeah, um... I, I always like watching the Portland games. Maybe I'll try and go down there. I don't normally work on Wednesdays, so that'll be Ooh, fun. So, go. season opener fun action. We can start doing that now with you down in Phoenix. Um, That's right. One of the big things that I noticed is that it, it kind of got flipped. Most of the time, the last couple of years, or at least especially last year, we got kind of front-loaded with the Warriors. We played them like two times in November and one time in December, I feel like. And played them really early on, which makes sense. We're a tanking team. They normally want their the big market, big win teams to be playing against each other kind of at the end of the season. Get some national attention. Get a little bit more people involved in the games. But this year, it's kind of flipped. Instead of playing the Lakers kind of mid to late season, we're kind of playing the Lakers at the beginning of the season. We play them... Two times in November, one time in December, and then our last game against them is February 6th. I think that's really interesting because then we don't play the Warriors until February 12th. And that's not what I was expecting. That's like, okay, the Warriors didn't play the Thunder last year until like beginning of February, and that was supposed to be a big key matchup. <coughs> oh, I'm going to have to edit that out. <coughs> oh. oh, man, that sneeze. So with that, the key matchups are normally at the end of the season, and it's really weird because we play them twice in April, once in March, once in February. One of them's on NBA TV for sure, and I just find that really interesting. That either means that you know our young guys are getting enough attention that they feel like we're worthy in quotes enough to play against them at the end of the season, or what. But 
It's really interesting, our schedule. I feel like we're backloaded with a ton of playoff teams, and maybe that's just to help the playoff teams get a couple more easy wins. But, you know, we post-All-Star break, we've got Clippers, Portland, New Orleans twice, which is probably a playoff team with AD and DeMarcus. Yeah, AD and DeMarcus. Thunder, Miami maybe, Cleveland, Utah again, the Warriors four times, or three times, not four times. Cleveland again, I mean like Rockets. The only real teams that we're playing that maybe, maybe not are playoff teams are like the Mavericks and maybe Atlanta and the Kings. So it's really interesting how backloaded our schedule is. Maybe that helps in the tank. Maybe we just don't care and are playing our guys the entire time. Who knows? But I find that really interesting. Yeah, I do too. And I want to look at the reverse of this. You mentioned that we play the Lakers really early on. Uh, Charlie and I were talking about this the other day, actually, when we were looking at the schedule for the first time. Um, We play the Lakers so early on. Our second game of the season on October 20th is at home against the Lakers. And we brought up the point... I wonder if there will be less Laker fans there because it's so early in the season. We have this issue uh, at Suns games where a lot of Lakers fans show up and they're really loud and it's pretty embarrassing. So I'm kind of hoping that most of these Lakers, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see, most of these Lakers fans don't show up to that first game, so we can at least have that one where we can cheer really hard and it can be heard and we don't have to deal with the uh, Lakers fandom quite as much. I'm not sure that that will be the case, I'll definitely report back, but I know one thing for sure, Charlie and I both said this, we will be yelling very loud at that game, no matter if there's Lakers fans there or not because that's how we feel about the Lakers. So uh, pretty interesting that we're playing them early on, but I'm excited at the same time because that guarantees we won't be resting any of our key players, and they won't be either. So we'll get to see uh, a duel pretty early on between uh, a renewed rivalry that's on its way to heating up again. Yeah, and I I think with some of these big market teams that are – not even in close proximity, but just these big market teams that have been good historically for so long, they just travel really well. I mean, Atlanta has this problem playing against the Lakers. Washington has this problem playing against the Lakers. Um, A ton of other teams do. Those are kind of just the two that come off the top of my head. But this is a problem for a lot of teams against them. And, you know, they'll, they'll probably be there. Phoenix is relatively close to los angeles considering um not a very far drive so it it makes sense but i i feel pretty good about our chances against them i do too i do too uh the other thing that i want to bring up is i just looked and it looks like we have 13 back-to-back games this year and i believe it's also 13 nationally televised games uh that's way more nationally televised games than I thought we'd get. Granted that most of those are NBA TV rather than like ESPN or TNT, but still it's cool. Um, and I'm wondering, David, why you think we got that many for a team that had 
less than 30 wins a season ago. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I, I think it has a lot to do with Booker. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, he scored 70 points last season. I think that that alone gives us kind of a just push to get a couple more games just in case that happens again. They are kind of hoping that maybe it's against one of these teams like the Warriors or something. Maybe a couple people are resting. Maybe Clay rests. And so it's Steph and like Draymond or whatever, like Clay and KD rest and Booker is getting guarded by like Ian Clark the entire game and maybe he goes off and maybe they're just hoping for that is kind of what I feel like especially like with that game that's like the second to last game for us maybe that happens um I, I I honestly think that it's just because Booker scored 70 points I think that that alone has a lot of people excited and I think the NBA wants to just cover their bases just in case that happens again I think you're right, and if I recall correctly, that that game against Boston where he had 70 was not nationally televised. Nope, it was not. So uh, that's, I think that's exactly why, too. And I think Josh Jackson does help a little bit. I think, you know, the schedule makers must see that, or whoever determines what games are nationally televised must see that he's a pretty exciting player as well and that people want to see him. Kansas fans are everywhere I've ever lived. I've known at least one Kansas fan, like there's Kansas fans everywhere. So uh, I think having a guy like that join our team is helpful for getting some nationally televised games. But I think you're right. I think it's mostly because of Booker dropping 70. Yep, that, and, I mean, we do have Marquise Chris. We'll see how he continues to progress, but uh, he had a pretty good rookie season, and now the Suns are kind of getting like, oh, yeah, no, these guys, this core is probably in the higher-ups with other young cores that are just drafted in the last couple of years and working. So I, I think we're getting yeah. a little bit of respect that way. Right. Well, and the excitement of Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> I saw... Seriously, today on ESPN, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I don't know about Twitter, whatever, they posted two of his dunks from this offseason. And I I remember looking, I'm like, is this the Suns posting this or is this like in a Suns group I'm in? But no, it was regular ESPN. So apparently people are excited. And I went to look at the comments because I expect people to say like, why are they showing this? These guys are terrible. But most people are like, this guy can get up. I'm like, oh, cool. So, I don't know. That probably doesn't add a whole lot, but it's still cool to get recognized like that sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, Derek Jones Jr. has kind of carved out this little area of people just wanting to see him dunk. And he was in the dunk contest and invited into it before he'd, he had even made a dunk in the NBA, technically. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> that's right. Weird stuff. It is, it is. But I think that'll about do it for this week. So let's wrap things up the way we always do with David's Comic Book Corner and Mitch's Metal Minute. Take it away, David. Oh my gosh, you're really going to do this to me. I am going to do it to you <laughs> because I have a plug I'm super excited for. 
All right. Um, so my plug, I guess it, it wasn't that good, but uh, Marvel's Netflix show, The Defenders, came out. I marathoned it when it came out on Thursday night, Friday morning, whatever, and like it was fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it it wasn't as good. Like Daredevil season one is like fantastic. Daredevil season two is pretty good. And, like, one other show is, like, really good. And then the other two are just, like, fine. And this is just fine. And I wish it was so much better. But the actor that plays Daredevil, uh, Charlie Cox, continues to be awesome. And uh, Kirsten Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, is also really great. So those are positives. That's it. That's all I got. You have convinced me to watch this show. Wow. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to plug something that I am very enthusiastic about. And that is the new Thy Art is Murder album called Dear Desolation that came out last Friday. Holy cow, it is good. It is really, really, really good. A lot of people are saying it's their best work. I don't want to say that yet because I'm a big fan of their album Hate. Uh, and I've only listened to this album all the way through like five or six times, so I want to give it a little bit longer. Uh, so far, my favorite songs are The Son of Misery, Puppet Master, uh, Dear Desolation, and The Skin of the Serpent. Um, it's a lot more straight-up death metal than like the core-type stuff that they've done in the past, which I'm a big fan of both, but this is a lot faster than a lot of other stuff they've done. Um a lot more just like straight up blast beats and fast breakdowns, which are really cool. Um, actually, the reason that I like the skin of the serpent so much is it has those slow breakdowns a little bit more, and I think it's a really nice change of pace towards the middle of the album. But really, really good album. If you like heavy music, listen to Thy Art is Murder, Dear Desolation. Hmm. And I, I have a question for you, Mitch. Okay, okay, go ahead. So the skin of the serpent... Yes. Is it like the skin of the serpent or is it the skin of the serpent? There is only one S in each of the words. That's a disappointment. I, I think they could have gone with four or five. I think that would have worked well. Not buying it. Just throw it away. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. You should buy it. It's good. <laughs> buy your music. Also, I want to say this very quickly. Buy your music. Support these artists. Everything that I plug, I buy. I don't like download any of this. Even if you use Spotify, that helps a little bit. But buying these albums is the way to go. That's how the music survives. Anyway. Or buy their t-shirts. Or the, uh, t-shirts too. And shows. I'm going to go see Thy Art is Murder in very soon. September 9th, <laughs> I think. I'm so excited. Okay. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Go Suns. <laughs>